What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the TDM Show. I am your host, Greg, joined by one of the top 26 photographers in Kansas City. What's up, man? Why do you say it like that? You make it sound like, uh, uh, you said it like pho, like it's food. <laughs> hey, Nami, you don't like what I talk now? Uh, twenty twenty has been bad enough. Like I'm, I'm trying to give you positive things. You are trying to dog on me for some um, way I talk. There's no easy way to get out of this, so I'm just gonna say yes. But I enjoy it more than how Caleb talks. <laughs> I mean, I can talk worse. You can talk to Kyle over there in the yard. I mean, we can go on this all day. I okay. can do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm tired of this. Can I? Can I log out now? <laughs> Dude wants to quit the show now. Yeah. You guys are nothing without me. I'm just kidding. You guys are everything without me. What's up, guys? Uh, it's your boy Matt. Follow me on all social media at Matt underscore YouTube. Number one fan account for Pablo Sanchez and uh, advocate for everything Disney's putting out over the next couple of years because, man, that's a lineup. Boy, howdy. Fan. And then, of course, this week we're joined by the one dude I know who likes to get abused over and over again, no matter how hard it is by education. Mm. What's up, Caleb? I was about to say, where is this conversation going and who have you been talking to? <laughs> the only dude I know who's like, this has been the roughest week. Oh, finals kicked my butt. I think I'm going to get my PhD. I, I can't explain it other than the fact that, like, I will get a PhD one day and then I'll be like, All right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah okay i i you're gonna like get that phd and be like i'm gonna go for my second please don't put that on me don't you put that evil on me <laughs> and, and and just so people out there realize like i'm not i'm giving him a hard time i i applaud him for his dedication to his cause and his craft because i i you know i think it's a uh, commendable and uh and awesome that i know somebody who one day is gonna have a dr in front of their name yeah and again Let's uh let's just take a moment to like properly put the respect on the PhD that it deserves. Her name is Dr. Jill Biden. Say it and respect it. Anything less is unacceptable. And I'm gonna get off my horse now. So gentlemen, how has your week been? Uh pretty good. I haven't done a lot, but I'm super stoked because Greg, you inspired me. A couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, you texted us, you're thinking about your goals for, for 2021. And you said, I think I'm gonna chase platinums. And I think we debated on air like whether gamer score is relevant enough or how do we want to capture that? And I think we settled kind of on platinums. And I think I'm gonna join you in your quest for platinums through 2021. I don't have a set number yet. But I do want to see if I can, how many platinums I can complete for 2021. That being said, I jumped back into Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, this week, mainly for two reasons. One, well, two and a half reasons. One, I wanted to see if my assessment of playability for Kingdom Hearts 3 was correct, because one of my gripes with it when it first launched was, um, of course, this is the finale, and it has that sense of finality to it, but it didn't have that joy aspect of like playing through the game over and over again like Kingdom Hearts 2 had. So I'm going back to test my theory on that, but I also want to complete that Platinum 
and chalk another one up and so just keep the ball rolling. The half reason is because our dear friend, Rich Homie Ricky, uh, has his platinum for a Kingdom Hearts 2 final mix, which is not an easy platinum. Not by a long shot. And anyone that has played Kingdom Hearts 2 final mix said amen. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. But I also picked up a new game. A game that I've been fiending for for a long time. And I finally decided, why the heck not? Uh, if you can see this on video, it is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Woo woo on Switch, so. by the way. That's an excellent decision. I've heard it plays really, really well. Yeah. Uh, and I just recently found out also this is not the first game. This is very much the second game, but I don't think that'll impede my experience too much. Um, so I'm super stoked to get into that, to play it, to try it, um, and to beat it. So that's what I've been up to this week. That's what I have planned going into the holiday season, and that is how I'm planning to start 2021. Good. I'm, gl I'm glad I can... Uh, inspire you to do something there, Matt. I, I appreciate that. Um, very few people will tell that to me, so thank you very much. <laughs> what about you, Caleb? I was uh, not part of the conversation, but uh, since I got that text, I've been thinking about 2021 gaming goals. And I also want to uh, bolster my platinum. Um, do you? I, I do. I do. I will by the end of this year. I've got two weeks to do it. Beat God of War and get that first platinum. So that won't be my first platinum. So 2021, I want to be I want to be smart. I want to say I want to get 12 platinums. That's equivalent to platinuming one game a month. My dude's about to get some Rattalika games going. <laughs> no, no, no. And the reason I say that is because I was sitting in my PS5 playing Cyberpunk and um truly actually enjoying it but hotfix 1.5 has been causing that game to crash every 25 minutes i went from like the first day having like maybe one or two minor visual glitches in the game to day two literally every 20 i think i'm up to like 19 crashes i was counting i was like okay the game isn't i'm, I'm enjoying the game but the crashes are ruining my experience so i'm gonna put that on the back burner till it's fixed that caused me to go back into the games that i was playing last year last week and last month um wasteland still need to um finish ghost of tsushima uh neo 2 is sitting there for me these are games that i enjoy there's so many so many games i enjoy um and i think i want to beat them and platinum them there's also games that i started way back in march that i really enjoy dragon quest 11 um persona 5 royale that i also want to beat in platinum my goal in 2020 is to 2021 is to play less games but to complete like completionist run beat the games that i do play if that makes sense makes sense so, that sounds good uh well my week uh i had a stressful week i didn't play too many games Matt, were you kind of talking uh, real quick, Caleb? Did you listen to last week's podcast? I did not. Oh, that's good. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we talked about Matt how I was going to try and add like an old vintage game to my completion list for the year. Mm -hmm. So I busted out the old Game Boy Color, played some Super Mario Land for the Game Boy on there, and was just like, "Oh yeah, I got this." Got through three dash three of eight eight dash four worlds total. 
Um, so I got about 25, a little over 25%, a third of the way through it. And like, I just hit a wall and like tried multiple times, probably played it for like 45 minutes and was like, mm -mm, can't do it. It's, it's so weird to go back to it. It looks like an old tiger electronics game almost. Cause it's so like, just, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. It's, it's not a bad game. It was enjoyable, but playing that game, like it's, one of the weirdest Mario games because it's like you're traveling around the world, uh, going to different places and you see different like monuments. Like you see the big head statues from what is it? Easter Island. Um, you see like you, every level you start from the bottom of like a, a UFO spaceship, like you just got dropped down into it. Like it doesn't have Goombas. It only has turtles it has weird enemies just like that you've never seen before or since in that game. So it was interesting to go back and play that and be like, whew, this is weird. Uh, but outside of that, I didn't really play any games. Um, I did pick up Cyberpunk for the Xbox. Uh, I had my wife create a character in the game and got text messages while I was at work about how she was laughing like a schoolgirl. <laughs> because it was just so hilarious with the uh, customization that you can make. Um, <laughs> but most importantly, I want to give a shout out to my awesome wife. Uh, yesterday, she sat in line for three hours and made sure she was able to order and pick me up a PlayStation 5 that will be shipped to my house and I will receive hopefully within the next week. So I am joining the Big Boy Club. I'm getting a PlayStation 5. Uh, the more sold, most sold console of the two. Uh, sorry, Ricky, but you're wrong. Uh, and the better console, I believe. I will. I, will, I think I'll be 100% correct in saying that when I get it, and I'll, I'll fully enjoy it. So I am excited. I cannot wait. I already have a couple PS5 games. Uh, I do have a dilemma, though, and I need help correcting this problem. Okay. Um, it came with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh -huh. I have already gotten that game digitally. So I need to figure out what to replace it with. My issue is I already have Souls. I already have Valhalla. Uh, I've got Sackboy. And I've got Spider-Man. And I've got Watch Dogs on the Xbox. I don't know what to replace the game with. Easy. 2K. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yo, can I kick him off the call? <laughs> oh, you know what? What's up, Matt? What's going on? Oh, <laughs> you know the crazy thing? I think I'm the admin in this chat. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm realizing that. That's funny. I'm mad about this right now. All I want to do right now is just mute you, disable video. It won't let me do nothing. Oh, right, we need to fix that. That's, that's trash. We want to restart this podcast from a different group. So no, but uh, I I don't know what to get. Like I don't want Godfall. Yeah, I don't. I don't, touch think. That. don't touch that. Um, I don't think I want the Godfall. Yeah, don't touch Godfall. Uh, do you have any interest in No Man's Sky? Is that out already? I think that should have been console launch. I think I already own it digitally on the PS4. Mm. So, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get some currency. Maybe I'll put it towards a future title. Maybe I'll see if I can't get some other accessories for the console. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't need a physical copy of a game that I own digitally. So Right. Yeah. First world problems, not a big deal. But if you have any ideas, any thoughts that you think I should pick up, even if it's a PS4 game, like I've thought about picking up Persona 5 Royal. 
I would go that that was that would be my first suggestion is like okay if you're not going to wait for Persona 5 Royal to come on Switch which we don't think it is at this point because we thought Persona 5 R was going to come to Switch no such luck Mm -mm. go pick up Persona 5 Royal because that game is um, a game that I think truly encapsulates what it means to be a JRPG like top to bottom left right everything in between it is a phenomenal game it's a game that'll make you laugh it's make get almost cry it's not quite like it doesn't get quite to the point of like your name as far as anime like emotions go but like there are some scenes in there that is a full-grown man i was like i should not be this emotional playing a video game but like it's real life situations that are just really encapsulated well in the video game and then it jumps it does a really good balance of jumping right out of the human emotion right into punching a unicorn right in the face um so so yeah um pick up persona 5 royal that is like the only recommendation i can make maybe i'll grab that one there's also um, an interesting upcoming title that you might want to look at it's outriders but i've lot, seen that yeah i've been doing a lot of research on that ever since the godfall let me down um and since i'm waiting uh, I've heard and there was, there's a lot of talk about cyberpunk. I've had a great experience with it, but it's crashing ever since the hot fix. So I'm going to save it until later when it's fixed. So there's a, there's like a gap of wanting to play an open world, massive looter shooter. That's not destiny. It's not division two. And Outriders seems to be that based on my research. So you might look into that. I'll, I'll check it out. I don't know. Isn't uh, Outriders, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that like one of those, um, des- well, you said it, Destiny-like looter shooters, and I don't think that's in my wheelhouse. So it's not Destiny-like. Based on the, like, the one review that changed it all for me was actually an IGN preview, which the guy described it as like Mass Effect meets Diablo. I read that, and I was like, oh, okay. I like those two things. So I watched his preview and the way he talked about it. That's when I became interested. So I was like, it's Mass Effect with the looter shooterness of Diablo, which I know you and I both love Diablo. And mm-hmm. Diablo 4 is not coming anytime soon. So this might be a good stopgap. Because so, you enjoy single player games. You can play it like a single player game and just looter shooter it up or co-op with up to two people. All right, I'm going to check it out. I think I've got enough games to keep me busy until that comes out. Uh, but gentlemen, let's get so let's just, let's just jump right into this one. I won't, let's talk about the biggest thing of the week, and then we'll hit some other little things afterwards. Uh, let's talk about the game awards. So, do we want to do for the game awards? Do we want to do uh, the awards themselves, or do we want to talk about some reveals that came from there? Uh, do you want to talk uh, about the winners? Yeah, let's talk about the winners. Let's get that out of the All way. Right. All right, so let's talk about the winners. Uh, let, let's start small. Best indie game. Went to Hades. None of us played it. I never actually bought that. Uh, I decided not to spend 20 bucks on it. Uh, best ongoing game has already been mentioned on the show by Matt, No Man's Sky, which mm-hmm. honestly is very impressive considering that game out like that game came out originally like a wet fart. Yeah. Um, it dropped. Nobody cared. And it just has just gotten better and better and better over time. I think that was my vote for when we were doing it on the podcast. Sure it was, Matt. Sure it was. You can go back and listen to the evidence. <laughs> Ricky, Actually, no, I think at? I think mine with best community would have been No Man's Sky. I think. Uh, I think you can go back and jump on the Game Awards uh, page and see what you voted for. 
no, uh, no, no. I, I didn't actually vote. I meant like when we were talking about uh, it. Oh, gotcha. Here. Gotcha. Uh, so Games for Impact was Tell Me Why, which I vaguely know a little bit about, but never played myself. Um, best performance Wait, was, was... Was Tell Me Why, was that... Uh, was that the same studio that did Life is Strange? Uh, let me see. Tell me why. Don't nod. So I think. Oh, tell me why was the game that got announced at the um, Xbox reveal and was out that day, if I remember correctly. Um, let me yeah, because it's about the 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 two kids who trying to figure out what happened to their mom or something like that, or is it anything that happened? The boy was in yes. Juvie yeah, or something that like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out what all their, their game. Yeah, they are life is strange. Yep. Twin okay. mirror life is strange. Captain spirit vampire. Uh, remember me. So yeah, they got, a, they got a pretty good list of games I've created. So pretty good studio. Sounds like the games that never really spoken to me. Um, but, Good games, nonetheless. Um, best performance, uh, Laura Bailey was Abby, and I think I'm probably wrong on this, but I think that's the one most of us voted for. Uh, just because we are two, at least two out of three of us voted for, just because it was such an impactful role. Yeah. Um, I didn't vote uh, for best... that one. I voted for Jin Sakai, but that's right. Uh, um, I said. I said I could see why people go for Laura Bailey because again, Jin isn't the best voice actor. I, ta- I take that back. I didn't vote for Jin because I said there were other people who deserved to be nominated above him. Uh, best audio design was The Last of Us Part Two, which pretty much anything The Last of Us Part Two was in, they won. Um, so that was they they swept it. Best score slash music, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That yeah, rightly yeah, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. rightly so. Again, I think it's criminal how much people overlooked Ghost of Tsushima, but the fact that it won Best Art Design, I'm happy with. Yep, because that was my next one. Thanks a lot. Best Art Direction, Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> okay, I was reading ahead here. Uh, best Narrative, Last of Us Part Two. Best Game Direction, Last of Us Part Two. Game of the Year, Last of Us Part Two. Um, best debut game, Phasmophobia. God, that's, I can't, like, why do you make that a title? I get it. (laughs) Damn. Best mobile game, Among Us. Best community support, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout. Best VR AR game, Half-Life of Alex. And that's, this was like a shoe-in. Um, very few people actually played Half-Life of Alex, but everybody who did play it was just, loved that game. Uh, innovation and accessibility. Uh, the last was part two. I don't Best action. Okay. Uh, if you go into the settings for last was part two, you can customize and redo that entire game um, to make it easy to access for uh, able gamers. Um, it, it's all about color blindness, sounds, uh, the button mechanics, and how you can we can reconfigure that to work depending on what your needs are for that game. Like that game is really impressive if you go into it and how much they actually put into it to make it so everybody can play that game. Um, let's see, best action game Hades, uh, best action adventure game Last of Us Part Two, best RPG. That's right, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right. The one cab. Honestly, if it did not win that category specifically, I would have to punch someone. Probably Caleb. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Best fighting game, Mortal Kombat 11. Like, that was a shocker. Uh, best family game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, best sim strategy game, Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is again another one of those that everybody's just talking about. Best sports racing game, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Best multiplayer game, Among Us. Like, that's, I think that was like a clear thing. Like, that, everybody is playing that game. I even was talking to some people who don't play video games. Like, they don't have a console in their house. And both the mom and daughter are playing Among Us on their phones. Yep. Like it's it's reached everywhere. Um, content creator, and then we hit the stuff that we don't know. I don't think any of us know anything about content, esports, esports, esports. So we'll we'll step away from that one. Um, were you guys shocked at all? Did you guys get a chance to watch it? Is there anything that kind of upsets you a little bit? Um, best indie game. No, best indie game. Was that the one that uh no not best indie game, uh continuous continuing game that uh No Man's Sky won? Because that was also the same category as Fortnite. And Fortnite and Destiny more or less uh, has dominated that category. Um but again, for as you so eloquently put it, to come out like a wet fart and still be able to <laughs> rework repurpose and present a game that they're proud of and an end product that they want their fans to be excited about and people are excited about it um just kudos bravo to the to the dev team to the publishers everyone who who worked on the project yep there's one that i i'm scratching my head over this is not a category of game that i play so i'm not losing every sleep over this um it is what it is but in a game where Crusader Kings 3, Desperados 3, Gears Tactics, and XCOM Chimera are all nominated, how in the world Microsoft Flight Simulator 1 is perplexing to me. So here's, here's the thing. I would have been confused too if I are, didn't know a few people that are borderline obsessed with Microsoft Flight Simulator. Is this a uh, real thing? Do I know these Yes. Guys? Can I text them? Yes. Uh, like, yes, we'll talk afterwards, but uh, there are literally people who... So I think it's kind of the, the same thing as, Greg, you're talking about. Like, it may not be a lot of people that are playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. There actually may be a lot of people playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, but the people that are playing it are making a lot of noise about it and love it so much. And just the fact that it's so um, lifelike, it can be in real time. You can see real flights happening. Is just anyone that's you, even an aviation fan or just wants to know about flying airplanes, like they gravitate to that. You can set it up so it's it's real time. So you're actually taking the eight hours or whatever it takes to fly from place to place. Uh, turbulence is input. Um, they've got I think it's like thousands of different. Um, airports mm-hmm. both big and small around the, around the world that are in this so you can land just what anywhere there's hundreds of different types and sizes of planes that will have a different impact on how you fly like it's 
it, it's just shy of actually having everybody's house in the world on this game that you can look down and crash into. Yeah. It's it's realistic. So, uh, and to answer your earlier question, Caleb, I was first exposed to Microsoft Flight Simulator from a mutual friend of ours. Uh, he goes by the name of Tim uh, over at the Tillin podcast, Things I Learned Last Night. Uh, and he had just recently got a new PC set up. And then he was just like, dude, it's so powerful. I could play games. Watch. I've been playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> and he proceeded to log into it. I think we're in the middle of a meeting. He logged into it and he's showing me <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator. He's taking off from the Lee Summit Airport. And he's just flying. And then he's like, yeah, you see that fly over there? That's probably going to KC, KCI. Um mm-hmm. And then you can like check the logs, like where it's coming from. Oh, you can see other uh, flights in there, like other planes. Yes. Oh, yeah. never mind. That changes the whole game. I thought it was literally just you and your flight and your plane. No. Flying the no, 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 no. You you can make it that way, but you can also have a flight takeoff, and you can see other planes in the surrounding other air airspace. traffic. Yeah. That's okay. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty darn impressive. Based on that information, I see. I see. I see it. Like when it comes to simulators, there was there was no way any other game stood a chance <laughs> at all. So, but that was the uh, the winners of the game awards. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch most of it. I caught bits and pieces because I had to work one job to the other, so that kind of sucked a little bit. But I did catch some of the other things, uh, such as the game awards biggest announcements. Uh, so real quick before we get into this, short of the one we all know that was going to be the most impressive that we all enjoyed, I think. What was your fi- your second favorite announcement? Yeah, to be honest, I was pretty stoked when they were talking about Mass Effect. Same here. So uh, delve on that a little bit because I didn't get to watch all of these trailers. I think Caleb, you can probably speak more to this than I can. So it's um, essentially speaking to the fact that, okay, yes, um, this game has been in development for a while, and um, the idea is to bring the classic trilogy, the big three, Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, into a nice collection, into an age where people can enjoy it. That's, that's what you're talking about, right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. So this is Mass Effect. Essentially, it's the Mass Effect anthology. Andromeda is being left out, but Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3 are being remastered and remade. Re, like, the voices, the actors are the bad. The voice actors are the same, but, like, the graphics are being completely, like, migrated and it's a new engine. Um, battles, like, the battle system is being rebalanced. Essentially, they're um, giving it the good old fashioned um, college try bundling it into one and presenting it into a nice concise package that i will be buying the collector's edition of um back for blood was another one that i was interested in because it's made by the same guys who made left for dead um again another four player co-op zombie horde crushing game that looks pretty fun to me um dragon age 
Dragon Age, Dragon Age, Dragon Age, Dragon Age, Dragon Age, Dragon Age 4. I'm going to obliterate Dragon Age Inquisition and get that platinum. That is my first platinum for 2021. You heard it here first. Um, Solus. So, so what do you mean to say it's never happening? Uh, listen, hey, hey. I <laughs> He's going to get that one as soon as he finishes his platinum for God of War. You see, <laughs> all this negative attention is what, what I don't need in my life. You know what? My counseling classes have told me to stand up for myself. And I don't appreciate all this negativity coming from the two of you right now. <laughs> we just call it like we see it. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Hashtag X. Yes. So here's the thing. Solus is a character that as you play Dragon Age Inquisition, you either love Solus, like you want Solus to take over the planet. I think I read a tweet that somebody says, I want to have Solus's digital elven babies. Um, this was back when Dragon Age came out. Yeah, people love Solus. Or you hate him and want to cut his little knife ears off and burn him at the stake. It's one of the two. Uh, I am in camp. Solus can die in a pit of hell. I will find you. I will destroy you. Um, so Solus being like this. Is that just because you're jealous that you can't have his digital babies? Oh, definitely. Want nothing to do with this human. Elf, <laughs> knife ear, whatever he is. I want nothing to do with him. He's a traitor and he is scum. He is worse than scum. I, I can't say what he is on the podcast. That would get us an R rating for this episode. Um, but I love how they're not shying away from um his impact on the game right like if you played the game a certain way uh spoiler he's not really around anymore <laughs> but if you played the game a certain way he's definitely like a ma like either way he's definitely a major character ma a major character that has massive impact and i love that they're doing the good old-fashioned bioware thing in spite of KC and um, Mark Dara leaving in spite of the two massive head studios leaving and going to do other things Bioware um, is leaning hard into what they do hardcore real life like story these massive 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 world stories um, so that got me excited um, other than that everything else was just like alright I'll see how this comes out. All right, let's talk about the big one. So, uh, new Smash Bros. character announced. Now, have you guys purchased the newest Smash character pass, I guess? Season pass? I have not. I'm about to. So, uh, new character announced, and boy, howdy, did it get my blood pumping. We're getting our second Final Fantasy character from the same game that's already involved in this Final Fantasy 7. Sephiroth has joined the fight. Descended upon the fight. Yes. If I remember correctly. So, uh, what did you guys think of this reveal? Uh, first of all, awesome. Hilarious in a sense. Um, but can't help but feel bad for the people that have been pining for Sora to be uh in smash brothers for literal years but i think it's awesome we do get another sword based character um his movesets look kind of op but i guess Pass. that's the fun of it 
what okay. I love about this, I said his his uh, attacks have to be OP. He's Sephiroth. Yeah. What I love about it is for you, every time they announce a new sword character, all you hear from the community is, oh, another sword character. Another sword character. They're all sword characters. Sephiroth comes out, and the whole community's like, yes, this is an awesome sword character. Let's go. Man, I um, saw his moveset, and I was just like, I'm going to play Sephiroth. Because I saw him do this one move where like he like charged it, and like started swinging and hit two people on opposite ends of him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's problematic. I need that." <laughs> yep. Yeah. The the love and detail and attention that went into that character is absolutely phenomenal. It felt like it had some ties with the remaster as well, where he mentions in the trailer, "I'm not just a memory," because throughout that entire game of the remake, you felt like he was just a memory the entire time. You never actually saw him, um, which was really cool. But let's talk about that moment. That moment, Ooh. that iconic moment from Final Fantasy VII where Sephiroth stabs Cloud and you see Cloud up on the blade and Cloud pulls himself in and then lifts up Sephiroth. Sephiroth tried to recreate that and try to be more uh, victorious this time. And it still didn't work out for him. My man's Mario <laughs> dodged that joint and it's like, no, nah, you can have the overalls. You ain't getting me in the chest. So here's the thing. The fact that they did that, first of all, whoever came up with that, pure genius. Uh, Absolutely. The mere shock value of having that silhouette of seeing the blade through Mario, you're just like, they wouldn't. They would not. Not to like the face of their franchise. Uh and luckily, they didn't. They didn't have to. <laughs> like, I think, I think that I want that silhouette tattooed on my body. Oh yeah, it, like that. Oh, that's God. just to be able to look at him, be like, "Yo, Sephiroth just stabbed Mario." Psych. Like that. That moment was. Rich homie Spencer hit me up and was like, "I'm not gonna spoil it, but I, I, it almost broke my heart." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Watch the trailer." <laughs> and then you and see I, it. I was watching the whole time. I was like, "Okay." So they like they didn't really put much hype into announcing Sephiroth. It was just like, here he is. They're playing his theme song. Let's go. It's Sephiroth. And then that moment popped up, and I was like, mm, I got you. Uh, one of my favorite theories is that Sephiroth well, obviously purposely missed like impaling Mario because Mario and Cloud are best friends, and he wanted to draw Cloud out. <laughs> You know, I, I buy into that theory. By that, had however, had Mario been praying, it'd been game over. Oof! Don't too soon. It'd been it'd been straight stab <laughs> stab from the top. You'd have jumped down on that fool. I've seen it happen before. I, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared for that to happen, especially if they do that. If they get near that in part two of the Final Fantasy VII remake, I'm not ready for it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm pieces absolute pieces i'm gonna fall apart have you played through final Fantasy 7 yet matt he is not I, i'm not but i know what happens yeah but the impact when you play through it it's like that that moment is like finding out darth vader's luke's father like it's oh, just i know i am well aware of the impact <laughs> it, it hits you it hits you in a different way when when you're you fall in love with this character and you watch that character leave us i don't want to talk about anymore guys so um uh anything else on that character announcement though 
Anything no, else from just me? I am fully prepared for Pete for him to be banned from tournaments. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to like actually like play Smash with like one dedicated so, character. So uh, my character is Shulk, and Matt experienced that in the full <laughs> full effect a few days ago. <laughs> you didn't win. You did I, not win though. I beat you though. That's all that matters. <laughs> you didn't win though. All that matters is that I wasn't last. And I did beat you. I came back next. I came back next round and won. That's true. Do you, do you uh, know what they say though? Right, Killam. What? If you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, but yeah, uh, like, if like... there is an interesting thing though. So after that happened, and I'm I'm trying to find it because on Twitter because that's all my information. Uh, there was an artist who drew because. I think it was actually the Game Awards last year. They had completed all of the announcements for the first fighter pass or the first season pass for fighter extensions or fighter additions in Smash Brothers. And then Nintendo came out and said, hey, don't worry. We're adding more fighters. Actually, it might have been early this year in January. Yep. Uh, they're like, hey, we're adding more fighters. And then that's when we got... Uh, I forget who we got first, but then we got Steve, and then now we're getting Sephiroth. I think there's still three more left to be announced, but there is an artist on Twitter, and I can't find the tweet now, so I can't properly credit them, uh, who had, back in November, painted who they thought were the DLC fighters, and then obviously had the first two, and then Steve but then had Sephiroth and like two or three other characters on there. And then obviously Sephiroth was revealed. And so I'm wondering if they know something that we should know. Well, the first character was Min Min this year and then Steve and Alex from Minecraft. And then number three is Sephiroth. But yeah, we do have three more left. They've, they've got to put Waluigi in there. Waluigi's down bad, man. Like Waluigi is probably the most wanted character on that list of, of all the characters. Like he, he's the only one. Everybody's like, yep, put him in. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping we get him. I am really enjoying seeing the, um, smash brothers panoramic picture as they update it. And, if, and seeing how it's changed, like they've actually moved characters around. So they don't just put them in. They've moved them around. So it'll all fit as well. Yeah, it's really cool looking. So, I think that covers most of our hype. Like they did announce other stuff. Um, obviously, Perfect Dark, which was suspected to come out from the initiative, um, Mass Effect, as we talked about, Flight Simulator coming to Xbox Series X, uh, Back for Blood. Again, we talked about that one. Um, I want to dog on this one real quick. Arc too fast. Two prehistoric got announced. I was just about to say, like, we got to talk about Ark. <laughs> like, <laughs> the greatest like, action hero of all time. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, they they went from like this heartwarming speech um, and acceptance of what was it the uh, the one last of us one for uh, game game for of accessibility. 
They go from that, which you're like, all right, cool, to freaking Vin Diesel's face with loincloth. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is two years in a row we've gotten Vin Diesel at the Game Awards in some way, shape, or form. Like, and this this game, it's got Vin Diesel in it, but that's that's all I can say. And it's not Vin Diesel from the Xbox era where we got Chronicles of Riddick. We were like, all right, this is dope. This is Vin Diesel at like 55 looking old and archaic. And I'm, I don't want to dog on him too much. He's cool. He's an awesome action star. He can make music, I guess. But man, get out, get out of my games. Yeah, I saw that and it threw me off. And uh, obviously, I love the Fast and the Furious memes that they came up with for, for that. <laughs> Like okay, just so we know, it's Arc Two. It's not really Arc Two Fast, too prehistoric, but it it, it should be <laughs> missed opportunity. Um, Dragon Age information shown off. Uh, the new map from Among Us, which is interesting. I'm sure that'll hit a lot of people next year when it comes out. Uh, Fall Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout Season Three is coming. Master Chief is hitting Fortnite, which actually might get me to play Fortnite. I yeah. do. That is one thing I do want to play on my PS5 when I pick it up. Is I want to play Fortnite because I want to see how pretty it is and I want to feel those triggers. That's something I, wanna, I, I thought. We should all hop in in a game just one time. Put it one time. We can do it's that. Free. And you can do two player on a console, right? Now, pretty sure you can do that. I'll get my son in there and uh, we You'll can show him how to really play games. Uh... <laughs> don't don't tell little man that. Don't tell. He looks up to me. He's always wanting to be as, such, as good of a gamer as I am. If you start telling little man that he's going to carry us, I'm out. I'm not needed anymore. Uh, we are OFK. I missed this one. Hyper Light Drifter co-designer Teddy Deep's new interactive series. I have no idea what that's about. Uh, it Takes Two, which is uh, from the same development team that did... Uh, what was that prison game where you and your buddy had a breakout together? Uh, uh, a way out. A way out. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then you have season, road ninety six, open roads, uh, evil west, endless dungeon, Callisto protocol. This one looked cool. I did see this trailer. This was the one that looked like a Dead Space like game. And from the same, uh, I think it was lead designer from Dead Space itself. This one looks really cool. I'm interested in that one, even though it's a horror game and I probably won't play it. Um, and then, of course, for whatever reason, which is interesting and hilarious, Swedish Chef coming to Overcooked as a free character. So, some cool stuff announced. I'm happy for him. I'm happy Jeff Keighley got this stuff together. At least try to make something uh, normal this year. Yeah, we gotta. I know we gave him his flowers last year. We gotta continually give Keeley his flowers, man. This man is doing so much for the gaming community in ways and in I didn't even know were humanly possible in a year that seems never ending, constantly showing up and showing out. So, yeah, this man is he is for the gamers, hundred um, percent. So, all right, gentlemen, uh, let's do kind of like we did last week. Uh, decided we're going to change up the format we do a little bit moving forward. Here and there, we'll, we'll go back to our normal stuff. But let's see. I'm going to read some stuff off. You guys decide consensively what we're going to talk about. 
Uh, so we can talk about sales. We can talk about dogs. Um, we can talk about Black Lives Matter charities. Uh, we can talk about 462 stores. We can talk about 3.7 million. Or we can talk about intergenerational. Uh, my vote is for 3.7 mil. I second that. World of Warcraft Shadowlands sells 3.7 million in one day. Uh, this is coming from gamesindustry.biz. World of Warcraft Shadowlands sold more than 3.7 copies in a first full day, beating 2012's uh, Diablo 3's 3.5 million copies sold in a day. Um, uh, based on internal sales figures and reports from quote-unquote key distributors. Beyond the sell-through number, Blizzard said the eighth full expansion of World of Warcraft, eight guys, eight expansions um, of World of Warcraft also led to some of the strongest engagement figure uh, figures the game has posted in the past decade. Specifically, the game reached and has sustained its highest number of players in monthly or longer-term subscriptions compared to the same period ahead of and following any WoW expansion in the past decade in both East and West. Uh, World of Warcraft hit a peak 12 million subscribers in 2010. Activision Blizzard stopped su reporting subscription numbers in 2015 after they had fallen five to 5.5 million people. Uh, beyond that, Blizzard reported that players have combined to spend more time in World of Warcraft this year to date than in the same stretch of time for any of the past 10 years, with total playtime nearly double what it was in the past uh, th at this point last year. So the giant keeps on going on and it does not seem like there is any end in sight. I have played just a smidgen of Shadowlands and as somebody who has played uh, every expansion since Wrath of Lich King at launch, um, this one probably has me intrigued. I'd say second most since Wrath. Wrath was probably the most intriguing and best one. Uh, Cataclysm was the most colorful and poppy, uh, but this one's storyline seems to be really, really kind of baked in, really in, in depth, really, really intriguing. So uh, I know you guys don't play WoW. You should play WoW. Um, just be careful in WoW because it can be uh, it's a hell of a drug, as they <laughs> say on the streets. So do you guys uh, have any thoughts on this one? Any any you surprised at all by this? It's wow. No. Wow will it, be going until we are dead and gone. This is true. This is yep. facts. Uh and even just based off of um the summer of gaming or summer of games, however they or it was a summer game fest. I think it was summer game fest. Summer game where fest. they had showed off uh, this new expansion for WoW. And even as someone who's never been remotely interested in WoW, that had me intrigued. So if I could do that to someone who does isn't really invested in that series, I can only imagine what it's actually doing for an already really, 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 when I say really, really large fan base. Largest fan 12. base 5 million. at one point, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they were way high like i, I want to say they were up around like 15 to 18 million subscribers um and i was one of the many contributing to that yep. uh all right let's keep going so again let's go through this we're gonna go sales 
we're gonna we could talk about some dogs black lives matter charities 462 stores or intergenerational let's go 462 tours stores gamestop has closed 462 stores so far this year 783 in the last two years now i want to talk about this one specifically this one's a long article this is coming again from gameindustry.biz um just some quick notes uh for quarter three ending october one GameStop posted net sales of $1 billion, down 30% year-over-year, and net loss of $19 million compared to a net loss of $83 million from the same quarter last year. Uh, it's worth noting that last year's $83 million loss was also an improvement year-over-year from $489 million loss in 2018. Uh, GameStop notes a few positives in its books. Its e-commerce sales were up 257% year-to-year, year-over-year, its inventory has been reduced by 33% year over year, and I must say that is much appreciated. Uh, it reduced its selling, general, and administrative expenses by $115 million, and it repaid $10 million in debt in quarter three. Uh, that leaves GameStop with $270 million of short-term debt and $216 million of long-term debt. So, and this is GameStop. Disgusting amount of money. It's uh, it's a amount of money that makes me jealous. Uh, let me tell you what. Um, I have a bit of a bias, as we've talked about on this in the past, um, a little bit better understanding than most um, on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, so I'm going to just say that I appreciate this article because it is accurate. It doesn't overinflate, as I've seen some other articles talking about how GameStop has closed almost a thousand stores in its headline, and then you have to read into it and find that the real number is the 783 stores in the last two years, not just this year. Um, so it is a lot of stores. That is also worldwide, not just in the country. Uh, keep in mind, there is like EB Games Game in the UK and some other uh, other affiliates that do fall under the GameStop umbrella. Um, that being said, it's not a surprise this year is this year has been a year that has, uh, put every retailer, um, on the edge, unless you are one of those like main companies that you have to go to for food. That's, that's about the only one that is safe. Um, what is in GameStop's favor right now is you have, people who are coming into the company from outside and they're looking to turn it into like an Amazon brick and mortar almost. So where they can more fluently ship products from inside the store. That is a headache. Uh, there are many other um, things that go into this, but GameStop is important to games. Uh, I don't care if you like the store or not. It is the only place where you can buy a physical product and at least you can get some sort of return back from it. Um, even if you don't like it, even if it's not what you think your value is worth, let's be honest, your game that you bought last year for 60 bucks is not worth $60 when you try to sell it. It's just not. If you don't like that, don't go through a middleman. That's just the way, the way commerce works. When you go throw a middleman in there, you're going to take a bigger loss on it. Um, but it's it, it is the only place where you can get something out of it. If you don't like game, you can get uh, you know depending on how you purchase it, you can return and get your money back or apply it towards something else. You cannot do that digitally. 
it's also the only place where it is much easier to shop a huge selection of games than than anywhere else. Best Buy doesn't have the game collection GameStop does. Walmart doesn't even come close to it. And there are always titles that you will find you're like, I didn't know this even existed. Um, so it is important to the game industry, but I understand the vitriol and hate for it. What about you guys? And I'll say this. Okay, I so appreciate GameStop for dependability. Like if I need to get a game, I know I can go to GameStop. It might not be a particular store that's closest to me, but like in my experience, I don't love the corporate structure of GameStop. I feel like they're a little bit disconnected from like the streets. Um, but that's, I think any corporation in America, like you can only like run like the five star general running a Battlestar Galactic Cruiser can only know so much about every single individual on that ship. Um, I know the words I just said don't make sense, but go with the analogy. Uh, I know people pre ordered the PlayStation 5 like, at Best Buy. Some of them got their pre orders canceled. Some of them didn't get their PlayStation 5. Some of them got it a week later. I know people who did the same thing at Amazon, Target, Walmart, and everywhere on the internet. I know I pre ordered my, my PlayStation 5 at GameStop. On release day, I got my PlayStation 5. That, I, and I don't know yeah. a single person. I haven't heard a single story about somebody pre-ordering from GameSpot Stop specifically and getting a cancellation notice or a delay notice. So I mean, they're they've they're good at they're good at some things. Yeah, no one's perfect. So, uh, anything else I can pull from this? Uh, I don't think there's any like big information from this. It, it talks about about you know obviously like I said, COVID nineteen has had a huge impact on the company. That you don't have to be a rocket surgeon to know that. Like every like I said before, everybody is being impacted by COVID nineteen. Um, as we saw from CG Project Red, uh, they took a big hit, and even their stocks dropped twenty seven percent because of the game sales twenty nine now twenty nine keeps on dropping down all right guys so we got a couple more left uh intergenerational black lives matter charities uh dogs and sales greg i'd like to go with black lives matter for 500 i appreciate you sir because niantic donated a total of seven million dollars in 2020 to black lives matter charities again game industry.biz um in its uh, social impact report published today, Niantic listed 28 different organizations that received some portion of the 7 million, at least 5 million of which stem from Pokemon Go Fest ticket sales over this year. Glad I supported that. Uh, the company has pledged at least an additional 5 million in supporting to support new game and AR projects by black developers. Additionally, Niantic donated 170,000 to pandemic relief this year and 700,000 to support education, health, and sustainability. It has also fulfilled its pledge to promote 1,000 small businesses in Pokemon Go for free, which it will continue to do over the next year. Guys, this is awesome. This is this is the um, epitome of what games should be and how things should be handled. This is a, a company who I, I want to say is small, but is definitely doing big things with different things um, and using their position 
to to leverage help for those who are in need and draw attention to those who need to be uh, equalized and need to have same equal opportunities um, and, and making it so it is a much more even playing field, even if it is just a small step, it is a step forward that I think we can all agree is much needed and much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Big ups to Niantic um, doing the damn thing over there. Um, yeah, because uh, Black Lives did not stop mattering and they won't stop mattering ever. So, uh, 100%. And that's on non-performative allyship. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like There were a lot of companies that, had a, that said a whole lot of stuff and put up a black square on their Twitter and gave everybody a Tuesday off. I'm glad to see that the gaming industry is stepping up and living up to their own word. So I appreciate yep. it. Personally, as a black gamer, as a black entrepreneur, as a black small business owner, I appreciate it on several levels. All right. So keep this ball dogs. rolling. Dogs. All right. Neil Druckmann named co-president of Naughty Dog. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. I was hoping yeah. that's what that was. <laughs> I, I, I like... I like to keep a little, little hidden here. A little. It was one of three uh, things. There's a in dog, honor of Alex Trebek. There's a dog patch coming to. Uh, what's that? The island game you're playing with the raccoon. Animal Crossing. Yeah, there's a dog patch coming to Animal Crossing. Nintendo Dogs is returning, or Naughty Dogs it was one of those three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, gameindustry.biz. Uh, Last of Us 2 creative director and Naughty Dog vice president Neil Druckmann has been given a promotion and will now serve as president of the studio alongside Evan Williams. Um, uh, Druckmann has been in the vice president role for nearly three years following a 2018 promotion He and has been creative director on both Last of Us and uh, is recently released sequel as well as worked on the Uncharted and Jack and Dexter IPs. He's been with Naughty Dog since 2014. Uh, he said, quote, we have such an incredible team at Naughty Dog and being able to work alongside each and every one of them is especially meaningful these days. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. This is from Wells. Uh, I feel proud of the team when I'm able to recognize their accomplishments and contribute to the studio. So this is uh, this is awesome. This is a man who has been grinding and putting uh, his work in, getting his promotion well-deserved. Um, I'm interested to see what the impact has on the studio moving forward. I mean, they've always been kind of an open studio, it seems like, um, and putting out amazing games. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what the future holds. In addition to him, like, yo, like he's been a studio director. He's like one of the writers from the studio involved with the HBO project. And now he gets to like, helm the ship of like the boat he helped build love it love it yep. and, like on multiple levels a job well done neil uh an industry titan um i think as far as western games are concerned he's one of the best minds and games we've had for a very long time uh he's not kojima level but kojima is literally on a different god tier than everybody else but Druckmann is one of the best and has been for a very long time at this gaming thing and um like you said been grinding at one studio for a long time i mean k 
Casey has left and come back to Bioware twice now in truck. <laughs> twice. My man dipped, came back, dipped, came back, dipped again. So, um, it's just good to see people getting rewarded. Like, it's good to have that good, like, that good story, especially at the end of, like, a, such a, just a, a garbage year. 2020 has been rough for a lot of people, so it's good to have some good news in the gaming community for him. 100%. All right, Matt, you're up. Intergenerational or sales? Let's go intergenerational. Destiny 2 crossplay plans detailed how intergenerational crossplay will work. So this coming from Eurogamer.net, uh, Destiny has announced that they will actually be doing crossplay and cross saves. Uh, well, they started cross saves last year. Uh, the arrival of Destiny 2 on PS5 and Xbox Series brings this reality a little closer with the introduction of intergenerational crossplay. While Bungie has said full crossplay could be next, hopefully sooner than later. This pledge explains everything you need to. This uh, the page explains everything you need to know uh, about it, and it goes into steps and details about it. Um, Destiny's 2's intergenerational crossplay, how it'll work. Uh, a few, uh, of course, looking through this, I don't. I don't. By the way, guys, I don't read these articles. I just pick out the headlines that I think we want to talk about because I think it's more <laughs> fun to listen to me stutter and, and step around this as we go. Um, if you are staying in the same family of consoles then everything you own from expansion, annual pass and silver will come with you. Um, the same also applies to friends and multiplayer within each console ecosystem. Players can still interact with one another, adding each other to parties and playing the same games. So essentially if your homies on the PS4 and you're on the PS5, cause you got lucky, you can still play together. Now this is important because usually in the past, and we saw this with call of duty, when the PS4 dropped, there is no co-op play. There's no playing together whatsoever versus collectively nothing. You are two completely separate ecosystems. You don't get to interact with each other. You don't get to have fun. But I'm going to let you guys talk about this in more in depth because I am just a lurker when it comes to Destiny. I do not actually partake. So, and based off of this information, it is because... Originally, a Destiny blog Twitter account or Destiny News Twitter account verified. So, they, I'm sure they get very credible information firsthand, whether it's actually uh, the Destiny team or not. Um, said that crossplay would be coming in 2021. So, in that regard, is that just the intergenerational? Or is that they're planning for full blown crossplay in 2021? I think you you're muted. muted. <laughs> Kill me here, Matt. I, I closed the window out and I was not planning on opening it back up, but luckily it's control it. shift. Uh, I already got it. Don't worry about this. I don't need your shortcuts. Get out of here. <laughs> Fan for me a little bit, Caleb. Let me get this thing again. Yeah, so Destiny um, 2, I thought it was already intergenerationally, 
play because I was definitely playing with some PS4 homies, um, and I'm on the PS5. Uh, and as of December 8th, make sure you go into the PlayStation Store and download that free PS5 uh, Destiny 2 uh, patch thing, whatever. Basically, it's the, it's the whole game, but it's for PS5 running at a smooth, and I mean smooth, 60 frames per second. I was ecstatic. Um, it's actually so smooth that a lot of PC players are like, uh, we're going to hop over the PS5 if we can get one or if we have one. Uh, a lot of Twitch streamers obviously got the PS5 because the cheating on PC and Destiny is rampant. Um, mm. So a lot of PS5 people are like, all right, cool. It's not town hop of Destiny on PS5. That's 60 frames per second, 120 frames in uh, PvP. Oof. We might know. But, um, but if, it, if we can it, get true crossplay, which is we know it's possible because Fortnite exists. We also right. know it's possible because Call of Duty's doing it. Don't lest we forget, Call of Duty has cross generation and cross platform play. So it's possible. Therefore, it should come to Destiny. I don't yeah, know how much work is required of it. I'm not a game developer, I don't know, but I can we know it's possible and it should be available for everyone everywhere. Right, and uh, that's awesome news because uh, there are a lot of friends that I have that play Destiny, but it's like, oh, we play on PC or we play on Xbox. And so it's like, well, well, that sucks because a lot of my friends have PlayStations that have Destiny either A, aren't that invested in it, or they've just been burned by it so many times they're just like, yeah, I don't want to play it. I don't want to spend money on it, which I get. So being able to then branch over and play with them would be awesome but that also begs some good questions because uh my brother james play has played destiny since day one huge destiny fan he was very very good at destiny one uh so what does pvp look like what does pve look like can you limit who you're playing with like call of duty to only like to not open it up to other platforms yeah so like call of duty and i think call of duty and fortnite do it this way i can speak to call of duty for factual i'm going to put a little asterisk next to fortnite because i'm not quite sure uh when you're playing call of duty you can set to play against console players or all players if you set it to play against all players, PC gamers are a lot in there. And uh, honestly, it's not too bad. It really is not too bad. Um, for Fortnite, I know you can limit it to be like, okay, I just want to play with PS4 players, or I want to play with Xbox players, or you can play with everyone. Or it could be like a console. You could like, I think it's either like you can limit it to your specific console family. You can listen it to just consoles. So it says here in the article from Eurogamer, Bungie said it is looking into cross-play across all systems in 2021. So it is something that's, that they're looking into. Not confirmed it's coming yet, but I'm sure given all the feedback that everybody wants it, it probably will happen. If that as we happens, see in games. I, I, I predict a giant resurgence for Destiny. If that happens, I can absolutely guarantee and promise you that I still won't play. 
Gentlemen, let's round it out with. I'm actually kind of glad you saved this one because this is actually three different pages. Because this this month MPD numbers are huge, uh, and we're gonna start with that. We're gonna talk about the games first, and we'll talk about the other stuff following that. So for November 2020, I think we all know uh, without a shadow of doubt where the top three selling games last month. Number one. Come on. Come on, gentlemen. Cyberpunk? No, no, that was last month. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Number two. Assassin's Creed. And number three. 2K? Miles Morales. Mm, nice. Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad so, Miles did. So those are the top three. Uh, followed by number four, Madden. Uh, obviously, this is 21. Number five, there's your 2K. Number six, a little game called Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Number seven, Watch Dogs Legion. Number eight, Animal Crossing. Not giving up on this one. FIFA 21 for number nine. Number 10, rounding up top 10, is Demon's Souls. By the way, did you know that Demon's Souls is spelled with an apostrophe S after demons and souls plurally? I learned that from Ricky. Did not know that. Yeah. Oh, I know you know that, sir. <laughs> I know you know that. Uh, Mario Kart 8, holding on strong at number 11. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, 12. Just Dance 2021, that game will never go away. 13. Uh, 14 being new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. 15, Luigi's Mansion Trace. 16, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. I don't know how this made top 20 because you couldn't find those things anywhere. Oof. 17, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. 18, Marvel's Avengers. By the way, I foresee Super Smash Bros. being a top 5 this month because of Sephiroth. Yes, sir. Uh, um, absolutely. 18, Marvel's Avengers. 19, Mortal Kombat. And 11, and Caleb, you'll be happy to know, rounding out top 20, your favorite game of the year that you did not complete, Ghost of Tsushima. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Look, I got the receipts. I can pull them back up. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm going to beat it, though. <laughs> uh, so, thoughts on MPD numbers? Anything crazy? No surprises there. Still Absolutely. I'm right. surprised, but it's a console launch, so... Not, Look, dude, not you true. cannot find that game anywhere. PS4, you cannot find that game. You can find it for the PS5 because, as always, they put out more copies than consoles, um, so that way it's readily available to attach to the unit. Yeah. But for the PS4, that game is nowhere to be found. I almost, want, I, can, I know I could borrow a copy. I almost want to buy a copy on the PS5 just to support how good of a project it is. You know what? I, I might not have to return to my game. There you go. There you go. I can sell it to somebody. Get some monies out of it. Um, yeah, uh, what is surprising as a whole, and this information, by the way, I didn't uh, put this up at the beginning. This information is coming from IGN. Uh, as a whole, consumers spent in November a record $7 billion. Billion dollars with a B. That's a stupid amount of money. Crazy, because none of that was stimulus. 30, yeah. Yeah. You know that money was gone. Stimmies in this place. No. 35% higher than November 2019 uh, year to date. Uh, Year to date, spending for games is at 44.5 billion, 22% higher than the same time period in 2019. So that was huge. What's more important, I think, that Ricky needs to really understand here 
um, is the PlayStation 5 was November 2020's best-selling hardware platformer in consumer spending, and it had the highest launch month unit in dollar sales for a video game hardware platform in U.S. history, breaking the previous record held by the PlayStation 4. Uh, as for the Xbox Series X slash S, even though they did not set any records, which they didn't, except for the record of not outselling their prior unit, because Xbox went outsold, uh, a gentleman, I, I pulled up a graph here, and this, you know what, I'm going to share this with you guys, because I, I want you to see this. This, putting, like, hearing numbers is one thing. Seeing somebody go through this much work who very clearly knows how to do stuff with numbers. And it's not, let me paste this picture here. Copy me, let me try this again for you. There we go. Take, take a look at this. That is November 19th, November 2019 to November 2020. Like those, those, those numbers, look at the accessory sales. Ooh. Accessory sales for the month of November 2020, five, Point two billion dollars. Uh, hardware was one point four billion in content, so games was only point three billion dollars. I say only point three billion dollars is fat. Like that's 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 a whole lot of millions. That's like three of them. Um, no, it's not. It's like three hundred of them. Uh, year to date, uh, hard uh, accessories again. Uh. Yeah, thank you. I wrong blues. Yeah, I was just like, wait a minute. Why do you why 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 does somebody do that? Why not use red? <laughs> what? So I, let me let me correct myself. Thank you, Caleb. So content was five point two million. Hardware was one point five point two billion. Hardware one point four billion, and accessories point three billion dollars. Why use two shades of blue? That's stupid. Yeah, that was dumb. Like messing me up here. All right, uh, year to date. Content is at $38.4 billion. Hardware is at $4 billion. Accessory raking in $2.1 billion. Compared to last year, $1.7 for accessories, uh, $3 billion for hardware, and $31.8 billion for content. Like, insane. Absolutely insane numbers. This is what happens when you send people at home. They play video games, they enjoy their life, um, and and they get they beat like I don't know seventeen to twenty games in a year and really enjoy it. Ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I know I can't. I know I can't. Uh, something else that's really interesting about this: Nintendo Switch is November's top-selling console, despite the new console launches. Switch sold 1.35 million units for a month of November, um, putting it at 24 consecutive months of being the number one selling console. For two years, nobody has been able to dethrone this console for in sales. Like it is a juggernaut, a powerhouse that cannot be touched. And and like if they if the rumors are true that they're releasing a Switch 2 Pro Let's greatness bigger whatever like i i don't think everybody was talking going into this console launch about how nintendo's going to suffer nintendo's going to be hurt nintendo 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 i don't think nintendo cares nintendo like they don't compete with the big guys because they outsell them at this point like they don't have to compete with them because they everybody else has to compete with nintendo this just goes to prove that power 
is not everything. Stay in your lane. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, I think a lot of people forget this. Uh, most households or most residences that have more than one person living there only typically end up getting one console because they can share. People aren't really sharing Nintendo Switches like you can, but you can also have multiple Switches within a household and a residence. Let me tell you, I have four active Switches in my house. I have now purchased three full units and three lights. I think that's correct. And I was gifted a full unit. So we've had daggone near 10 Switch units in my house throughout the last two years. Like, I have been contributing to this, and it is disgusting, and it's great because I love the console. And I'm sure I can tell you right now, they announced beginning of the year, Switch Pro's coming, Switch 2.0, Switch Up, whatever they want to call it. Switch.